Hello and welcome to Soccer Show Radio. I am Sean and with me... I'm Husha. And uh, this is your recap, best and worst of the 2018 World Cup up to this point, as well as your preview of the World Cup final. So, um, interesting World Cup it's been, right? Yes. Very, uh, very interesting. Fox Sports is trying to keep saying that it's the best World Cup ever. Uh, uh, me don't watch 11 World Cups already. don't think so. It is not a bad World Cup, but it is a strange one indeed. It's been very strange, and really, this is propaganda we're hearing, that it's the best World Cup ever. They've been saying it since the first match day, which is <laughs> insanity, because up until, through the second match day of the tournament, in the group stage, this was so far the worst World Cup I had ever seen. That's correct. It, there were a ton of one nothing matches, there were a ton of own goals, we, we passed the record, and no surprise, we were barreling past that early on right. most penalties in history um i would say a lot of defensive play a lot of negative tactics by a lot of teams not really attacking um we'll get to the few exceptions like japan but they were the exceptions because everyone else was really defending for their lives Acc even in the group stage uh, accidental exception I would yeah say. well <laughs> So, um, it's been an interesting tournament so far, but let's talk about the Fox Soccer coverage okay. of this World Cup. Because if you live in the United States, that's what you've been watching. That's your only option, really. And, um, Unless you want to watch it in Spanish on Telemundo, which was right. not really that much better. But the well, Fox it's better coverage, than this. Yeah. <laughs> it's been horrendous. Uh, uh, really, Fox uh, covering this World Cup has been a shit show. And uh, it's the most uh, matches I turned away from World Cup and I tried to stream BBC and ITV from England to listen to commentary and, and see better coverage. They, uh, if the ratings are down, it's not partly because of the time or the, the quality of the soccer in the World Cup or the popularity of it in the United States. It's because they didn't hold any audience over uh, from um, morning to night. No, they definitely didn't, and uh, I would say the, the real thing I noticed here, as opposed to other American coverage of other World Cups, which has been mostly done by ESPN, ABC, yes. is that this, you could say it was geared toward the casual soccer fan, but that doesn't do it justice, because it was really geared for people who have just no idea what they're watching right. whatsoever. The right. commentary was not... It was not deep in any respect. When they're talking about a matchup and they're previewing it, they're only talking about the star players right. and whether one one up the other one from the day before. Right. Whereas if you turn on the BBC or ITV coverage, they're at least sort of breaking down the tactics a little bit. At right. least enough that you can enter the match and say, okay, I'm glad I watched the pre-show. Right. So it makes the match more interesting. With Fox, it was actually quite painful to yeah. watch the, the pre-show. And the commentary all day, they were trying to do something... That was similar to what uh, ABC, ESPN did with Mike Tirico. Yeah, and four that years was ago. Cool. Yeah, um, we've seen Fernando Fiore on Univision, and he's much better in Spanish than he is in English. It's uh, the, the weird, weird. Uh, they thought they'd bring Kate Abdul in later, <laughs> in the second half of the World Cup. It's just a weird show. 
Um, and uh, it just didn't work out for them. I don't know. They, I don't know if they're gonna do better or they're gonna stick with it and and ignore it because you know. I I I don't see why you would do that. I mean, they would just be in denial. I mean, they they made one change to the coverage in the whole tournament, which was taking World Cup tonight and adding a second co-host because it was right. just Fernando Fiore in the beginning. Right. right. And they added Kate Abdo, and, and she's good. But still, it's not like the show was elevated to any level where I would consider it, you know, no. a, a must-watch right. or anything. Right. Um, so it was it was rough because, and and also the commentary, the play-by-play commentary. Several of the commentary teams were not even in the stadium. No. Uh, and it became very obvious, like say if there was a corner kick instead of a goal kick, and the announcer doesn't know, and he's waiting to see with you when the camera feed cuts right. to see what is. You can tell that immediately they're right. not on the stage. You spend $400 million on the rights and you don't send somebody over uh, to the stadium. <clears throat> it's mind-boggling to me. So It, it really is. And um, ESPN, on the other hand, obviously they couldn't outbid Fox on this. No. So they bid less, but they put way more into it. They had right. more stars, bigger stars right. uh, doing the commentary. They had Obviously all the teams were in the stadium. But they had really kicked it up a couple notches over what I observed from Fox. And Fox has the next two World Cups. So it's going to be painful. Um, I, I don't know what to say. That's depressing. No. But the, the BBC coverage, for example, has been pretty good, yes. I think. All things considered. Yeah, you have four Lineker. players there. Yes. Four players there. The host is a, a legendary player. You have um, you know actual great players, not like... Freaking, you know, Alexi Lalas and Moises <laughs> Munoz, who are not at the same level right. of, say, you know, Rio Ferdinand right. and Didier Drogba. Right. So, anyway. That's next leap. Uh, so, next, um, I would say overall quality of the tournament. I just want to touch on that. Um, like I said, it was very frustrating to watch through the first two match days. Then starting in the third match day, things kicked up a little bit. Yeah. But... By no means was this the most exciting. No, it's not. I think the most exciting World Cup still 2006 to me. Um, uh, this is yes, more borderline uh, between 90 and 94, a combination of both. Uh, very conscious play, and uh, you know it didn't produce. Uh, you know, there was a lot of stop time goals, so you could say in that aspect it was thrilling. And, you know, obviously, Bellas got some bad beats in those. But, you know, other than the stoppage time goals, uh, most of the time the play was not just um, fast enough. Uh, it was not uh, a lot of tactics. Uh, technically, it was very conservative. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree with that. And uh, it was very frustrating. By the way, it's not good for the World Cup to have... Um, your three or four main superstars all out prior to the right. semifinals. Right. That's that's never good. You want at least one of them in there. Right. right. And they all pretty much can be rated that their team at least did pretty poorly yes. below expectations yes. for all yes. of them, which we'll get to. Yes. Um, so what would you like to, to go to? Do you want to talk about the best match of the tournament? Yeah. Um, now we're 62 matches out of 64. Third place uh, playoff is on um, Saturday and the grand final on Sunday. But uh, I would say I, there's not just one match that stuck to you know to me. I think um, um, 
I, I have a couple that obviously the Spain Portugal was a classical and the mm -hmm. Argentina France as well I, I think that game was uh, great that game really came out of nowhere I wasn't expecting a seven goal matchup between Argentina and France right but that's it um, I would say that uh, Argentina-Iceland, even though it was 1-1, <laughs> was exciting that, yeah. because you have right. the underdog Iceland, you have the messy penalty. Right. It was interesting. It was like one of those must-watch. And even though it was only 1-0, uh, Mexico-Germany yes. is one of the great matches of the World Cup. I forgot about the, the, you know, the, the upset, the, the occasion of it. And, but you know what? Ultimately, my favorite match was it was Belgium-Japan. Really? <laughs> it was well I should I should refine. The best forty five minutes I watched in the whole World Cup I have to agree was that. the second half of Belgium Japan. I have to agree with that. From Japan going up to by the way, with excellent goals, by the way, right. two amazing goals right. from Japan. And then Belgium making the full comeback, including the breakaway counterattack and stoppage time. That second half was the best half yes. of this World Cup, I yes. think. Yes. And um, it was a knockout match, and it was very exciting. And honestly, when Japan went up to nothing, as surprising as that was, I did not think Belgium was coming back. No, me neither. In but, any uh, fashion after they, that, they did because uh, Japan, I don't know, they didn't uh, adjust their play according to the result on the field, and they paid for it dearly. <clears throat> um, I don't know if you remember me, but when I watched them take the corner kick, I'm like, "What are you doing?" Because it was immediately returned from Courtois on a counterattack, and last second, Belgium wins. Yes, he did actually call it out during the game. You said <laughs> they have too many men forward, and you were exactly yes. right. Yes. Um, wow. Um, I would say best moments of this World Cup. Um, the German. <laughs> well, it's either the best or worst moments, depending on if you support Germany or not. But the German upsets, including the South Korea match, where they just needed to freaking draw. That was a and then moment. they needed to, you know. Right. It was very rough. Uh, and from conceding the goal in stoppage time to Neuer, of all people, losing right. the ball and then having right. it bombed back towards his own goal. Right. That was crazy. Um, I would say England winning a penalty shootout. That, you know, they broke the curse. That was like the, the curse of the Bambino for baseball fans. Um, that was crazy. I mean, th th this is like a dark cloud, like, hanging over the country for years. Spain eliminated by Russia? Spain eliminated by Russia, yeah. You could say, I would say Russia in general and how they played, especially right. the how they scored some amazing goals. And they played like a um, sort of Eastern European Brazil. Yeah. It was really entertaining to watch, especially um, Cherishev. I thought I was, I was blown away. It wasn't just that Russia did well; it was how they played. They played in a really exciting way, and um, that, so that was great. And then, uh, of course, Maradona. <laughs> so, what did you think of Maradona? I well? think he was very entertaining. I, you know, obviously he's on drugs. You can tell. <laughs> But you know, you know he, he threw, uh, cheers for his country, and he's very passionate. And I think uh, I look forward to him uh, at the next World Cup. By the way, he offered uh, to uh, coach Argentina for free. Oh, I would like that because <laughs> okay, I admit that when he did coach them in 2010, it was 
Yeah, it was a mess tactically, but it was very entertaining to watch as a neutral fan. Because you yeah. can tell he really loved the players and everything. Yeah. And How about uh, something we didn't prepare for? How about um, uh, sad moments? Sad moments? Yeah, and look, um, I'll tell you because we're in Argentina. A sad moment was when Messi at halftime trying to design plays for the second half. And you know that you're going to lose to France. And it's just like the goal, they went ahead by accident. So that was a sad moment to me. I'll tell you what, Argentina provided a lot of excitement in this yeah. World Cup, whether it was Happy through, <laughs> yeah, whether it was through failing to beat Iceland or losing to Croatia or Sampaoli jumping around on the sideline and no one will celebrate with him. What was wrong with him? I cannot understand. As soon as I, the I, game started, he's still going like this. <laughs> he did. He did. But you know what I couldn't understand? I thought that for sure he would be fired after the second match of the group right. stage. Right. And you can say, well, why would you fire your coach in the middle of the group stage? If you looked, he didn't coach no. the third match. No. The lineup was done by the players. And he was standing there. And he's just like a presence there. Right. They should have just sacked him after the second group match. Right. There was no reason to keep them. They they know they're getting rid of him after the World Cup and he wasn't even really managing the team. Right. At that point. It would have made sense to just get rid of him. Um then Argentina was it in the it was in the France match that they tried their false nine for the first time, right? Right. A new formation they haven't even practiced right. for. It was an invisible nine more or less <laughs> because that didn't work. Uh, another sad moment for me was obviously the exit of Brazil. Because I thought they were very unlucky. They were unlucky in the Belgium match, for sure. Um, there was, I would say that at least one of those possible penalty yeah. challenges was a penalty. It was a yes. tackle by company. Um, but they, yes, they had a lot of chances that they skied over the bar. Right. Um, you know, yeah. Right. And, right. and I would say, we'll get to Neymar in a second, but that was... That was, I think, overall pretty disappointing. Right. Neymar's play, but so we'll get let's to that. get to the meaty part of the show. Let's talk about. Uh, well, well, let's go to the the most. What else did you want to talk yeah, about? No, that's good. I'm the talking about the most disappointing now. teams. Right. <laughs> um, Spain. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I picked Spain to win the tournament. Um, that will go down as one of my worst ever World <laughs> Cup picks. Because they were eliminated in the round of 16, and they didn't look convincing the whole time. Um, my pick kind of got screwed a little bit by the sudden change of manager. Yeah. Um, that, obviously, it did affect the players. Um, Gerard Piquet has, should not only retire from the national team, but he, he should be temporarily banned from the country. Because the play, it wasn't just you know jumping up with both arms to, to handle the ball. In the round of 16. It was the crazy cleats up challenge from the group stage. It was the kind of bizarre mistakes and dangerous play. And really, it was just very frustrating to watch yeah. the Spanish team. Yeah. Um, then, you know what? Honestly, what I had expected from Spain is that they weren't going to just outpass the opponent anymore. Because they're a younger team now with uh, Isco and Asensio. And Saul, who we didn't even see in the tournament. And I thought that they were going to play faster and more exciting. Right. And they just reverted back to the worst of the old tactics. Right. It was very frustrating to watch. Diego Costa overall had a pretty good tournament. Yeah, I Actually, a great tournament, yeah. I think, yeah. for the amount of time he was in. Um, 
taking him off in that round of 16 match was a little crazy. Uh, I like Fernando Hierro as a player, but it, it was just very frustrating to watch. So that's uh, that's my, what I got to say about Spain. I agree with you. But I'll leave you. What's, what's your most disappointing team? No, it's Spain. I have disappointed <laughs> players that we'll get to in a second. But, you know, it's Spain. Uh, Spain was rough. Should we talk about Germany? Uh, well, I mean, you can say with Germany, leaving off Leroy Sané was a mistake because they clearly needed a you know a creative attacking player. Um, but Timo Werner was just oh. like... Oh, awful. Awful. That is not a striker. I really... Awful. Yeah, I gotta he say... no instinct in front of the goal. I gotta say, I really appreciate uh, Miroslav Klose. Yeah, now we now. do. A now player who I had... Acrobatic goals. Yeah, a player I had more or less heckled because I thought he wasn't that talented on the ball. He was just a poacher to knock the ball in. Right. But at least he put the ball in. Right. Which is more than you can say for anyone on this German team. Right. It, it was it was crazy and and between getting caught out defensively in the most insane and some of the most open counterattacks I think I've ever seen right. against an elite team right. against Germany in this tournament, crazy. And if the teams they played had a little more quality, they could have scored. Oh yeah, double or triple the goals against this German squad. Very frustrating. Um, Brazil, you want to talk about Brazil? I was not disappointed with Brazil. I'm, I'm just telling you, you know, maybe a little bit disappointed with the manager for not being up to, you know, to the modern tactics and not changing his lineups. But um, Brazil, as a team, they were just very unlucky in the Belgium game and they could have tied it and had the momentum to win it. I agree. And I would say Neymar and Coutinho, um, with the exception of like the last match um Coutinho was a stronger player than Neymar yeah. creatively and going yeah. forward and Neymar he frustrated me in the first match because he was stepping on the ball and holding up play but later on it was just his finishing yes I think he had like the most shots in the tournament up yeah. to the point he was eliminated and two goals and those goals were both tap-ins different he, level yes he could not finish right he was like you know it, it was it was Insane to watch because in Brazil 2014, he was not only the best player, but he really kind of dragged right. that Brazilian team all the way to the semifinal before he got injured. Shoulder, yes. And to me, he really regressed in a major way in these four years. Yes, I think um, his move to Paris Saint-Germain, you know, just picked up some bad habits there and uh, they showed in this World Cup. I mean, we got to talk about the, uh, disappointed players. I have a list. It's a long Well, let's, let's go with disappointing players. Uh, Neuer was very disappointing. <laughs> Neuer, uh, yeah, was clearly not Germany. 100%, even though they, they said he was, he wasn't. <clears throat> uh, Messi was disappointing. You know, I know Messi had one goal, fantastic had one assist, goal. But, you know, overall, he was just not the leader that he should have been. Um, I agree with you on PK, the here. Was very disappointing. De Gea was horrible. It's the uh, worst I've ever seen De Gea play. I can't. I can't believe that. You know, I can't believe what I saw for there. Um, I'm disappointed in Neymar um, because he wasted a lot of time and did a lot of uh, acting and diving and rolling, and it just was a bad image overall for him. And he and he didn't. You gotta do if you're gonna do all that stuff. You need to at least be able to score. 
Yes. So. Yes. So, um, and uh, also, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very disappointed with a couple of manager. You know, uh, obviously, Tite uh, for Brazil, but obviously, um, Yogi Love, they, they're not gonna find him. And he, he's gonna coach for the next four years. I mean, he should have been punished for that. Yeah, it, it doesn't really work because you know it's something like I think, if I remember correctly, Del Bosque, after he had won the World Cup in the Euro. Yeah. Spain, they they were horrible in the 2014 World Cup, and then Spain kept him on, and they were subpar in Euro 2016 also, and so doesn't work. Yeah, very rarely does the coach make an epic comeback. All right. So, um, that I would say, um, this is a personal one, but I would say Egypt as a team, of course, was very disappointing. They didn't play as a team. No. And they were, they finished 31st out of 32 teams, right? In this tournament. Yes. Which is frustrating because they're, they could have advanced from group A to be honest. Right. And I didn't like the way they played. Um, I, it was very, you, you showed me the conferences, the press conferences, where the Egyptian media was grilling the coach about why he right. was so uh, like anti-football right. and his tactics, just right. defending. Very, very archaic, very antiquated tactics. Uh, I saw highlights um, um, of him coaching Inter in 2003. <laughs> Hector Cooper, he was better than that. He was. Yeah, but he's coaching with the same tactic he did 15 years ago. Right? Football changed. Well, that's it. I mean, his claim to fame, really, more than anything else, is you know dragging that Valencia squad all right. the way, you know, to right. European competition. Right. Um, but um, so, how would you? Let's grade the stars of this World Cup. So, Neymar, you have a grade or a yeah, rating? Six and a half. Six and a half out of ten. I'm giving Neymar. I'm going to do letter grades. I'm giving Neymar a D plus. Oh, okay. Because his two goals were tap-ins, and in my opinion, he not only held up play and slowed down attacks, yeah. but to be the best in the world and players are constantly – his teammates, including Coutinho, are putting the ball at his feet in front of goal. And it was some of the most horrendous finishing I can ever remember. And from a star, that's crazy. Um, Messi. Well, we're going to go with that. I will give him C. I'm also giving a C to Messi. He scored one fantastic goal um, from Ever Benega. And one assist, I think. Yes. And he at times he looked really good, but between hassling, you know, the, the squad and the formation away and the false nine, it was it was more it was like a coaching role for Messi too. Right. So you gotta right. consider all of that. Right. Um Salah, Mohammed Salah. Um C minus. <laughs> I'm gonna be uh, nice on Salah and give him a B minus okay. because uh, I think between how his team was playing and the fact that he did score two goals in two matches, and he was probably still injured, you know, he did sort of the best he could under the circumstances. He wasn't amazing, but he did fine. You're being kind. <laughs> okay. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, a. I'm I'm gonna be a little harsher and go. Um, B minus. Why? Because he missed the penalty. Not cause, just because he missed the penalty, but because he disappeared uh, when they needed him. Yeah. In the round of sixteen, and that was frustrating. Yeah. But no, he was good. He scored four goals. I mean, you know, from a statistical perspective, you can't ask for more than that. Um, we'll get to what I think about his going to Juventus. 
later. Um, also, I want to add one. Zlatan Ibrahimovic gets a D from me. F. For his idiotic, his idiotic, like, uh, overconfident uh, message to David Beckham, which he had to eat his freaking words for. Right, right. Which in the back of his head, he was probably thinking, I'm going to lose this. But I just want to, you know, I want to bring the Swedish team down with me. Right. By just exposing how they can't win without him. When really, they had a better World Cup finish than they ever had with him. Right. So, I mean, okay. D, Zlatan. Man alive. Okay. <laughs> um, what's your best team, coach, and player of the World Cup? So, let's start with best team of the World Cup up to this point. I really think the best team for me uh, is still France. In this World Cup, I know they haven't played the champagne football, and I know that they're restrained by the, the uh, little bit of the negative uh, tactics of their coach. But you know, when they were allowed to play, they showed that they're a good team, and I think they are a complete team from goalkeeper to uh, forward, with the exception of Giroud. Yeah, I gotta agree with that. Um, if their group stage was pretty easy. Um, yeah. Peru, Denmark, Australia, and they really didn't try very hard at all. You know, yeah. they did just enough to advance. Right. They're, they're still not on. In, they're still in second gear. They have third and fourth and fifth gear. They haven't really kicked into. Right, um, but I would say they've been very impressive in the knockout rounds. Argentina, uh, Uruguay, Belgium. Yeah. They played very yeah, well. A bit rather than that. They only have, I think, one clear weakness, which we'll get to, which is the number nine. Um, Mr. Giroud, but other than that, um, they're, they've definitely been the best team of the tournament. Um, best coach, I'm going to go ahead and give it to uh, Zlatko Dalic of Croatia. Because even though you can't say that Croatia dominated their opponents in the knockout rounds, they did go ahead. They advanced, and despite being exhausted for this England match where they had played two penalty shootouts, they still advanced, and they did look like the better team. Um, so for for me and his, especially his taking over at the very end of qualifying, I think he's probably been the best manager. I'm gonna say Russia. Russia, the Russian coach. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, it was what he was working with. Look what he accomplished. He did. He did very and, well. Amazing. So I, I think Russia was very entertaining. He's my yeah manager of the tournament. Really. Um, I would have said Martinez, but he got out coached in the qualifying game, uh, semifinal game. So now he did. And another person that got out coached, by the way, in the semifinal was um, Gareth Southgate. Oh, of course, yes, yes. Thank <laughs> he, God. Yeah, he's a very inspiring figure, and you can tell the players respect him, and that's great. Yeah, but he had they desperately needed to change their tactics in that match against Croatia, especially in the second half. And he had nothing. He made a couple like-for-like like substitutions, which I don't even think were the right ones. And he just he had like no answer whatsoever to to counteract um, the Croatian attack or the fact they were dominating midfield. They just settled on knocking long balls. And I would say that England. Look at who they defeated: Panama, Tunisia, Colombia without Hamas Rodriguez, and Sweden. They're expected to win all of those games. Of course. 
So for me, the only one that was a toss-up was their last one, and they lost it. Right. So yes, were they inspiring? Yes. But were they amazing in this World Cup? No. No. They, only they were expected to games. win every match they won. The Colombia game will go down as a draw, so they only uh, won three games, Panama, Tunisia, and Sweden. So, you know, that's not a World Cup run. Uh, it's, yeah. So, um, best player. Who's your player of the tournament up to this point? So far? So far. Uh. So you can even you can even make a little prediction here because you have you know golden ball you have a final between uh, France and Croatia. I have to say Modric. He was not he's he played every game, and he's been instrumental in the midfield. And you know his team is in the final. He's extremely. It's not only his passing, his long shots. Um, his work ethic, you can see him chasing balls, going out of play and stuff. He really is, and his speed, by the way, which I had totally forgotten about. Really, I think, for me, he's one of the best midfielders I've ever seen. Going all the way back, because I've seen, I watched him on Tottenham, watched him on Real Madrid. Um, Luca is the man He is fantastic. He really is. And he deserves the golden ball, unfortunately. Yes. Um, and maybe the Ballon d'Or, to be honest, because right. he's right. he's been great. <clears throat> Your nomination? My nomination on the other side would be Mbappe, mm-hmm. because he's been. If you if you don't watch, um, you know PSG, you only knew of his name, and he's between the speed, the passing, the shooting, the technique. He's been really impressive. He's going to be the best young player. And if he also wins the Golden Ball, he would be the first player ever to win both the Best Young Player and the Golden Ball at the World Cup. So, exciting for that. But also, um, N'Golo Kante. Yes. That one, the, one of the most underappreciated yes. players oh, yeah. in the game. He is, was, he's was he been so strong um, in the French midfield. And, yeah, honestly, it's not going to go to him because it always goes to an attacking player. But... Really, I think probably the MVP has been him, the unsung hero. So, Conte. Um, let, let's go. Uh, bad beats of the World Cup. Oh, uh, so many, uh, obviously. Um, <laughs> if you bet on this World Cup, you got killed. Right. Germany, unless you're a genius. That was bad beat altogether. Germany, you know, yeah, every uh, match. Yeah. Um, Spain. Including the Sweden match, if you bet on Sweden. Bad beat, you know, in the Spain game. Yeah, I gotta uh, agree with that. Yeah, Brazil was a bad beat altogether. You know, for future bets, um, individually on games, um, Belgium, Japan, Belgium, Japan. If you, that was you know, rough. That, that was that was very rough. Uh, <laughs> Morocco, Iran. This while we're in there Iran with with very, a game winning own goal in the ninety fifth minute. Oh man! Uh, uh, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, also in the ninety fifth minute. Oh, that that is crazy. Okay, so you said that because this story hasn't received any attention. Can you explain about the uh, Egyptian commentator who had a heart attack? Yes. So the radio announcer for that Egypt Saudi Arabia World Cup game in Cairo had a heart attack when Saudi Arabia scored the second goal. Uh, basically leaving Egypt one of the easiest group in the World Cup. He literally had a heart attack and died 10 minutes later. Very unfortunate. That's how bad, and that's how much people care about 
soccer in other parts of the world. That was a very um, suspect match. Yes, when you it say was. between the second penalty call, it that was fifty fifty, and the game winning goal in stoppage time. Yes, Al Hadri, the oldest goalkeeper in the history of the World Cup, has just saved a penalty and immediately put them back on the spot. Yes, and, and clearly both times they were, you know. Give them one, but not the other. I mean, compared yeah. to what we've seen in this World Cup. Right. Very frustrating, really. Um, uh, let's see. Um, oh, well, going back to the other thing, just really quick. Um, I would say Golden Glove is now safely with Hugo Lloris. Yes. Barring absolutely. a series of disasters in the final. Barring a uh, howler. Even a howler by Oliver Kahn in 2002 still give him the Golden Glove. So I think and Hugo, the Golden Ball, yeah. Hugo Lloris will probably win the Golden Glove. Um, so, should we go ahead and talk about the final now? Or are we sure. talk about the final? It's France versus Croatia. Uh, uh, here, here is the traditional analysis of this game. France breezed through to the final. Croatia had to play an extra game literally because they played three thirty minutes. Extra time. And you mean breeze through as in they just played ninety minutes each time, so they didn't have ninety extra, minutes, extra. and they were on second gear. I didn't see them even go to third gear yet. You know, right. they were just you know. I think it was a cruise control from France so far. Um, Croatia couldn't beat Denmark. Croatia. Couldn't beat Russia. Croatia right. had to go the extra time to beat England. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it looks it's, logic would say France are the favorite. France will lift the cup. Now, having said that, it's 90 minutes. And it doesn't matter how small of a country or uh, uh, small of... Uh, uh, football power or you know uh, underdog of a team you are in 90 minutes you're going to win the World Cup and be the champion of the world probably you know for a small country like Croatia so anything that's going to happen was a decent team so I'm expecting a very competitive match either 1-0 or 2-1 France but uh, who knows what's going to happen really it looks like France but I'm not going to be brave enough to make that as the bad prediction you know it, I, I have my own reservation on France as well because, you know, they haven't tested that next gear and I'm worried, you know, World Cup final is not the time for it. Well, yeah, that's that's a good point. I would say, though, if you look at the squads, top to bottom, France is better. Pound for pound. Better keeper, better defense with Varane and Umtiti. Um, midfield, I would say, is pretty equal only because of how great Modric is. Right. Uh, he's a fantastic player. Um, otherwise, Conte, uh, just as a defensive midfielder, has been brilliant for France. Right. Um, Pogba has been fine. I don't think he's been bad. No, people have been, you know, kind of assaulting Pogba um, because his stats aren't up there. But he's been doing a lot. He's he's, he's been creating a lot of uh, plays, um, scoring chances. His defending was excellent yeah. in the semifinal. So yeah. I think he's been actually very good. Um, front three. France is better than Croatia there as well. I agree. Um, there is one problem. Yes. I don't think Giroud can score. Right. And it's not a matter of, oh, well, he didn't score up to this point. He's struggling. Right. You know, oh, he's a great player. He'll figure it out. No. Him. It is 
Mahaprin. Very tough to yeah. score in the World Cup final. Right. 2014, Gonzalo Higuain, wide open chance. Right. He misses it. Argentina loses. 2010, Aryan Robin, two breakaways, right. including one that was one on one with Iker Casillas. Robin always makes those. It's the World Cup final. There's too much pressure. He misses. The Netherlands loses. Right. It is surprisingly. However, whatever problems we've had finishing in the tournament up to this point are like elevated by a multiplier of six. Yeah. I'm one of the, the World Cup final. As well. You know, um, Mandzukic is, uh, is not, not that much better. No, Mandzukic is definitely capable of yeah. missing a howler for oh, sure. Yeah. If it would have been Kane against Giroud, I would give it to Kane, obviously. Definitely. Lukaku. Lukaku. If that was the final, Lukaku definitely would get the advantage. We'll we'll see what happens. You're leading France too, then. To me, you look at it, um, group stage, you can say Croatia had the harder group stage. But knockout rounds, France, much more difficult path to the final. Not in terms of they've played a lot of extra time and penalties, but in terms of strength of opponents. France's side... Much more difficult. By the way, briefly, the brackets. They got to do something about this, right? right? In the future. Maybe reseed the teams after the group right. stage. Something right. like that. Right. Because that was brutal. Brutal. I yes. mean, for Croatia, that is one of the easiest ever routes to a final. Yes. And by the way, England to a semifinal was the easiest route to a semifinal in the World Cup I've ever seen. Right. But Croatia is one of the easiest yes. ever. Yes. Russia... Denmark and Actually, England. Croatia easier than England. Then, yeah, when you think of it. They did. They just had a tough, a slightly tougher um, group stage. Well, just, more, the, the second group stage, but yeah, just the yeah. second game. Um, yeah. So we'll see. What I would say is historically, um, if you look at the great World Cup winning sides, France is Looks that level. Apart. Yes. If you look back in twenty years and you say, "Well, this team had." Yeah. Uh, Conte, Pogba, Griezmann. Mbappe. Yeah, then you got to say that team was worthy of winning right. a World Cup. Matt Tweedy. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with France. Same here. The, uh, the World Cup final doesn't have many goals, at least not recently. You have to go back to 98 for a right. final that had three goals. Right. I think it's going to be 1-0 France in 90 minutes. And I'm going to say Griezmann comes back from the dead. To score for France. That's my prediction. All right. All right. So, um, let's see. Um, I want to briefly talk about Cristiano Ronaldo to Juventus. I like the move. But why do you like the move? Because it makes sense to me. You know, um, he's getting a lot of money. He's going, uh, he's going to another league that, you know, was a club that's not going to be struggling to not win there. Title, so he'll keep focus on the Champions League. He'll he'll have an, an, a a much better a, a challenge, and he's already done what he had to do in La Liga in Spain and with uh, uh, Messi rivalry. He doesn't. He has nothing to prove anymore. He scored four goals in the World Cup. He's moving on. You know, getting a nice chunk of money and doing his thing with another cl- uh, big club. Obviously, why not? He was not appreciated the Real as of late. Uh, that's how he feels anyway. Yeah, I mean, I would say 
he was he was angry apparently of the uh, the fans booing him. What was that on the ground? By the way, because you've been there. Yeah, you've I, been at the Bernabeu. I have. Uh, has and he been booed in the I've, games he went to? In any Real Madrid game, I only saw one Real Madrid match that had Ronaldo in it, and he was having an average game uh, for the first eighty-five minutes. And no, he was not being booed. But apparently, it did happen at some point in the season. Was that the Champions League game? Yes, Yes, I yeah. saw it was it was Real Madrid versus uh, Sporting Club de right. Portugal. Right. Um, Ronaldo tied it up on a free kick. Right. Um, it was actually an exciting match because uh, Sporting were up one nothing until the 86th minute. Ronaldo gets a free kick, scores. It's one one, and then Alvaro Morata right. should have been on the Spanish squad by the right. way in this World Cup. Heads in the winner in stoppage time, so that was exciting. Right. Um. Here's why I don't like it. If you're, he's obviously not going for Champions League trophies, because if he was, he would stay on Real. You can say, okay, they're going to change their manager. Yeah, but again, look at the squad: Kroos, Modric, um, Casemiro, Bale. They can call back Hamas right. from the loan. Um, this team is even without Ronaldo's team is. In my opinion, like at least the third or fourth favorites to win the Champions League, and with Ronaldo, they're number one. So it's not for that. Um, I just Juventus is still kind of like a you know the old mafia kind of not that they're they have mafia ties. I mean like they're old mafias and players have been there forever. Right. Right. You know the defense of Juventus have been there forever. Right. It's like their own culture. Now Ronaldo's coming in, and now he's going to be the star of the show. I don't. I'm not seeing that happening. Um, Could this uh, decision have all went down to the moment is when he scored this, you know, spectacular bicycle kick goal in Turin and the Juventus fans applauded him. Could that <laughs> had stayed with him and said, hmm, I want to go play there. They appreciate me even <laughs> if I was on the other team. I don't know. That's a possibility. Um, I don't know. It's tough. I think, really, he's just frustrated with the management of Real Madrid, right. the presidency, the fact that, not that he's not making an extra $9 million, right. but the fact that, you know, they, they're unwilling to pay him right. the most in the world. You're going to miss him as a Real fan. Yeah, definitely. Um, again, I, I reiterate what I said. Real, between the talent I just mentioned and the younger players like Isco and Asensio, they're going to be fine. But, um, yes, you can't deny the stats. Right. Ronaldo was there for about nine years. He won four Champions League titles. Right. That's an incredible record. It might never happen again right. for Real Madrid, uh, a run like that. So, yeah, absolutely going to miss him. It's going to be very odd uh, seeing Real Madrid without him. So, there you have it. Um, anything else? Uh, oh, we want to close... Let's try to do a best 11 at I'm, this point. I'm we'll, going to give me my best we'll 11, a, not including the, fin the two finals for me, okay. uh, because my best 11 may change after the finals, so I'm not going to include anybody that's been in the final. And it's going to be a little weird, because even not including France in the final, I didn't have any French players in the best 11, except for Hugo Lloris. Um, okay. But All right. Now that I'm not gonna include them right now, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna have Cho Hyun Woo 
from South Korea. Okay, now, now you're really you're, you're reaching. I was really impressed with him. I was really impressed with him. Oh my god! Yes, he was great. He had some acrobatic saves. You know, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna put in the vents, uh Thiago Silva. Okay. Yeah, he was good. I'm going to put in defense to Yari Mina from Colombia. Yeah, we can't deny, you know, uh, three goals for a defender. Right? Jose Jimenez from Uruguay. Yes, he was he was good. Yeah, him and Godin. And I'm also going to include Andreas Grunkvist from Sweden. Oh, wow, Grunkvist. Uh, yeah, he looks <laughs> like he's 50 years old, but he was amazing. He was great, actually, yeah. Incredible stamina. Uh, I'm not gonna put Luca obviously in midfield because I'm gonna wait because Croatia is in the final. So in midfield, I'm putting uh, De Bruyne, uh, uh, Eden Hazard, and mm -hmm. I'm putting Philip Coutinho. Okay, yeah, Coutinho was was very good. Um, I think there's an unfair amount of hate because he didn't perform in the last match, but he was very good up to that point. So up front, I'm putting Lukaku, I'm putting uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, and I'm putting uh, Edison Cavani. Okay, I like it. That's good. Yeah. And it's good. It's it's also different from mine, too. So it gives okay. a different... Talk, talk to me. But I like that one. That's good. Um, Hugo Lloris. Okay. In goal. Um, he's been excellent. He's been a stable force in goal, and he's also made the acrobatic saves. Right. It's a real Golden Glove performance. Um, my defense, I'm going to go with three defenders. I'm going to go Vincent Company. Mm. Um. I feel like under the circumstances, he didn't play every match, but in the when he did play, he was fantastic. He did as much as he possibly could. Right. The players on his right and left, uh, Alderweireld and Vertonghen, were not as good as Company no. in this World Cup, but Company did the best he possibly could in his position. Right. Um, I thought he was very strong. Rafael Varane, okay, that might be kind of a unanimous best defender yes. of the tournament. He's been excellent. Yes. Um, then the last one was hard, and I think ultimately I want another Croatian player here. Okay. So I'm gonna go with uh, Lovren. He's been very good. Yeah. Uh, um, I want one more. It was between Lovren or Vita. I actually think they both done well. I'm gonna go with Lovren. You know, some other Croatian player has to be here. Right. Um, midfield, gonna go five. Wow. Cheryshev, okay. Dennis Cheryshev. By the way, Cheryshev it plays on Villarreal. If you don't know, right? Um, not you, but the audience. And also, he uh, played on Real Madrid's B squad. So that's the reserves for four years. Do you know how long that is to play on a reserve squad of a club? No, that's long because that's saying like they didn't want to transfer him because they knew he was great, right. but he wasn't enough to make it to the first team. And so that is really bizarre. Um, but I think if Real could have him back, they probably would at this point. He was fantastic right. in this World Cup. Um, N'Golo Conte is going to be my central midfielder. Uh, Luka Modric, fantastic, a legend, so good. Uh, Kylian Mbappe. Mm. And I'm going to put in Eden Hazard. It was mm. between Hazard and De Bruyne. Yeah. I'm going to go with Hazard. Your team is better than mine. <laughs> We could put them together on FIFA and have yeah. them play each other. Probably could. All right. Um, two strikers: Harry Kane, Romelu Lukaku. So, very simple there. That's my best eleven in the tournament. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Um, see you at the final. See you at the final. Um, 
thank you for watching this. Um, if you enjoyed this, please subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube or at least like this video, we would appreciate it. And uh, yeah, subscribe on iTunes as well if you're listening there. Um, thank you for watching and listening to Soccer Show Radio. Cheers. <laughs>